1: Hello friends, welcome to Pod Maverick After Dark. It is about 1035 on November 1st. You are joined as always by Kirk Henderson and my co-editor over at Mavs Moneyball, Josh Bowe. Josh, how you doing, bud?
2: <laughs> I'm doing pretty good. Uh, my hands are still shaky. I'm probably going to have shake voice uh, during this podcast. Um, but I'm going to keep it together because uh, I am a I am a pro- nothing if not a professional.
1: So for those of you who have no idea what the hell Josh is talking about, because we have a significant overseas audience, oh, yeah. the Texas Rangers won the World Series. Um, <laughs> and for the people that are not in the Dallas area, it's really difficult to explain that. the mm-hmm. And the Mavericks are third and yes. maybe <laughs> fourth. On the local sports pecking, uh, um. and to be honest, it's
2: not the Mavericks are third or fourth. It's Dirk was yes. third, third or fourth. Yes. No, you know, it's it's a yeah. you
1: know this is Texas baseball, football state, basketball yes. is very important here too. But yeah. it's it's it generationally, maybe thirty years from now, that'll be a different thing. But they're like in East Texas, like yes. little league games are broadcast over the radio. Like this is a Texas, or this is a baseball state, yeah. and it's really like the people come out of the woodwork. Like you don't have like diehard Rangers fans. Um, You don't have like diehard Rangers fans that you talk about in your life, but there are people who grew up listening, watching the baseball that have it on all the time. And so it's, it's just a casual sport for a lot of people. But I will say that, that in this area, it, it is particularly huge. And for the fact that they've done what they did this year is really remarkable. Uh, uh, we're not baseball guys we're not going to settle on i mean you are i'm not josh used to be a a big a really big um baseball guy but i'm really happy for a lot of our friends a lot of our uh, half of our staff like more than half like three quarters of our staff was clearly watching the game tonight. i created a whole separate slack channel because i didn't want to have to read their baseball stuff um but i'm, I'm really happy for for people particularly the Rangers were one of five. I read this on ESPN. The Rangers were one of five uh, franchises that hadn't won a World Series, so
2: yeah, they've they've existed for a pretty long time. I mean, I think they were the current, uh, you know, longest World Series drought. Uh, I mean, technically, they started in Washington, but the franchise was, I think, started in 1961, at least in Washington, and then they moved to Texas in the early 70s or 1969 or something. So. They, once the Cubs and the Red Sox won they've been the kind of the odd man out uh so this is just whew, it's nuts man it's nuts yeah. and I, I don't you know we're gonna talk about the game so I'm sorry we'll just get That's this okay. out of the way right away because I can't help it but oh it's exciting like I you know my my family has had season tickets to the Rangers forever my older brother just told me on Twitter that it was actually longer than I thought when they were in the <laughs> <laughs> the old, I thought it was from 2000 because that's just when my brain remembers it because I was 11 in 2000. But he was like, "No, we had him since the old Arlington Stadium." So that's like the 80s, um, basically. I think since my parents because my parents moved here in the 80s, so um, they've been taking tickets forever. I, I literally, from the year 2000 to maybe 2013, I went to like I averaged 70 Ranger games a summer because we had season tickets and they were they were good seats. Like, what are you gonna? Do? like i was a kid you know there's not much to you know what i mean like my dad's like hey you want to go to the game i'm like yeah like <laughs> when you're when you're that age you don't have a lot of entertainment yeah. options not that i didn't like baseball my older brother played baseball all the way through he played for texas a&m actually um so uh, i don't it's think like I knew i've know uh, I, I don't talk about that stuff a lot so yeah he he was he was really really he was a good player um so i've watched baseball and all shapes and forms for a lot of my years on this planet and uh so it's just there's an emotional you know there's a familial yep. connection to it that I don't really have with the Mavericks because the Mavericks were kind of like my they were like my thing yep so uh it's just emotion it was just emotional when that, yes. that when that last out happened i just a lot of memories just kind of hit me all at once it was it was a lot
1: well that's fantastic I'm really glad you got to watch and that is why we we started a little bit later than we intended to i'm also um josh can actually tell you josh can speak to this one of the the my main strengths as a person is i am somehow remarkably good at predicting where i will be later in the day and so i i still need it's like oh we'll start it at this point and then i'll always be there it's it's don't want scheduling is one of the things these net but I'm still getting the knack of, of scheduling these things right. It probably needs to be about a 10:15 start time for games that start at 7:30, which is ridiculous because that means two hours and 45 minutes after the game starts.
3: Uh,
1: <laughs> but hey, we'll 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 get this figured out. And plus, you know, tonight you wanted to, I wanted everybody to celebrate a little bit. Um, obviously, the Dallas Mavericks defeated the Chicago Bulls 114 to 105. Now. You have a a second thing that is worth touching on for like a significant portion of our fan base for why you also were more focused on the Rangers game tonight. Why don't you tell us what that was?
2: Oh, because for the second consecutive Mavericks game, Bally Sports was down for about the entire, almost the, the whole game. I think it came back on sometime in the second half, but... It was down for basically all the Nets game, down for this game. And Which if you, is, uh... if you're not following, you know, if you don't have cable, this is literally the only way to watch the Mavericks if you live in DFW. So, uh, didn't really have much of a choice. And didn't, you know, I'm just, I know there's legal streams and, and I appreciate a listener or, or a reader. DM'd me uh, and DM'd me in a in illicit stream that I might may or may not have partaked in. Uh, do not want that on the record. You cannot come after me, feds. But uh, you know, it just I don't like doing that because I don't have patience for yeah. for technology. So like all those ads and stuff that like I just don't want to do it. I would rather just I would rather just pout and and not watch it um, okay. than than do that. So well, yeah, it, I it, wanted it, to watch, but you know, forces of nature said no tonight. It.
1: it considering your your one of your many jobs in life is is watching and talking about the Dallas Mavericks they're making it particularly difficult um <laughs> they really are <laughs> it, it's so funny because it's like the Mavericks clearly must have signed a deal with Bally so long ago that they cannot legally get out of because all these other teams now have one-off options where they manage their own stuff and like the mavericks i don't know what the payment situation is or employment situation but like these Bally people are all basically mavericks employees you got devin harris dana Larson, you jeff skin wade pops up mark stein is is a, a, an occasional person it's like like they all work with the team it's, so it's like bouncing over to a different service that the mavericks own strikes me as something that they'll hopefully get to do sooner or later cuz it's got to be maddening if you're watching um If If you're, if you're not watching, (laughs) right. So, well, let's actually talk about the game eight minutes into the podcast. So I will, I will kind of start and give everybody like a brief rundown and then we will, you know, you can kind of needle me. I can quiz you. Yeah. (laughs) So this was easily the ugliest Dallas Mavericks game of the year for Luka Doncic. Um, He looked tired. He looked and then the way the game was refereed was essentially FIBA rules. Um, there was that, you know, there's that one ref that's in the GIF, the the uh, where Luca's flirting with her. Um, it looks like like the way it's edited is it looks like he's like smiling and flirting with her. She was the ref tonight, and she just allowed she and the rest of the crew allowed a lot of Luca physicality. I didn't necessarily think anything was like untoward. It was just a physical game against Luca, and he got sick of it. Uh, second straight game with six turnovers, which is really something for him. But then something pretty remarkable happened. Something we are not privy to in many times of Luca Doncic basketball. With Kyrie also sitting on the bench for essentially, is this third straight game? Kind of with foot issues? Second straight game. yeah. Uh, game. Kyrie has been a non-factor in this season, is is my point. He also didn't play this game. And somebody else stepped up. And then somebody else stepped up and then three or four more guys stepped up. I mean, the first one on the on the page uh, that jumps out at you is is Grant Williams, who tied his career high with 24 points, uh, really plays played a smooth under control basketball game where uh, the game came to him. And then Tim Hardaway uh, had one of those Timmy games. It's not as evident in the box score. Uh, I mean, obviously he has 24 points, eight of 15 shooting seven to 13 from three. Like it's, it's,
2: (laughs) it's... took two, two pointers. That's awesome. That's good. That's actually good for considering the way he's been shooting two pointers the last two years. That's, Mm -hmm. that's awesome.
1: I mean, 24 (laughs) points in 27 minutes. So it's like, maybe I'm a little wrong about the box score, but it's like in the game, there were a couple of no, no, no. Yes. Moments. Like I kid you not. (laughs) He tried to, he tried to do the Luka Doncic. He gets the rebound. This is one possession was in the third quarter, I'm pretty sure. He gets the rebound. He dribbles all the way down the court, dribbles it himself, doesn't pass to anyone, dribbles to the Luca post-up spot, kind of the, the short corner, and then proceeds to throw up an awful shot. It was nuts. Did he make Mavericks- Go ahead. Did he make that shot? Sorry. No. Okay. <laughs> no, so it's like there was a lot of giveth and taketh away. But mm-hmm. then, and then the third person who was really like, I probably should have listed him first in terms of impact, Derek Lively – has, it, it, it's not that Derek's on the come up. Derek is here. Lively is here. He is the yeah. Maverick starter. He is looking like the surefire steel of the draft. His box score was ridiculous, at least for, in, in my opinion. So I'm in looking 30, at 33 minutes, seven points, 13 rebounds of those 13 rebounds, seven were offensive. Mm-hmm. And then here's the real kicker, six assists. One turnover, (laughs) one turnover, and the turnover. I I wonder if they took it away from him, or uh, I wonder if it's the one I'm thinking about because he got like the ball, like a loose ball and a fast break. He took one dribble and somebody stripped him. It didn't even really feel like he had possession. Um, he had one, he was basically big boying every single bull. Uh, he somehow didn't match up at least that I was seeing against Andre Drummond too much when we played 12 minutes. Uh, Vucevic had 20 rebounds himself. It was like kind of an interesting game, but it felt like that Lively was getting his hands or a hand on everything. And sort of one of the key swing points in the game happened in the fourth quarter where he's fighting over people and he just uses his length so well. He, he's so at, long, at, man. Yeah, at the seven minute mark, there's a left side of the baseline. You'll probably see the play on Twitter later. He reaches over someone and one hand, it's not like uh, uh, I'm just flinging this and hope someone gets it. He's falling out of bounds. One hand grabs, turns and throws it to Tim Hardaway at the top of the key, who sinks the three pointer and gets bulldozed by uh, Alex Caruso for a four point play. And from there on out, you know, the Mavericks, like the the Bulls retook the lead. It was 96 um, 94. The Mavericks called uh, a timeout. They come out of that timeout. And essentially went on, if I'm doing my math right, they went on a, it wasn't a, it was a 20 to nine. I need to change that in my recap. It was a 20 to nine run to end the game. And the run was really fantastic because Luca was kind of, I, I don't disengage is fair man had 10 assists and he probably could have had more, but what was crazy was who went on the run for the Mavericks where they played a, st- a closing lineup of Josh Green, Grant Williams, Hardy, Lively, and Luca. It was weird. Hardy <laughs> gets this uh, little stop-and-go layup to go down, which was just absolutely gorgeous. Um, that might have happened earlier in the quarter, but I'm, it's really sticking out in my head. But then there's just, there's threes by Williams. There's another three by Hardy. Um, and then there's a three by Josh green who in that club, that put the game out of t- out of reach is 100 to one Oh nine. His only I basket died.
2: was that basket.
1: <laughs> but green was horrendous. Like this was <laughs> probably green's worst game since the, the stretch, uh, where he got put on the bench, um, following the Laker, like the Caruso thing, not Caruso, the other, um, the, the Laker, the Laker white guy who, who got up in his grill. Mm-hmm. Um, it Austin was it, yeah. it, it was in the fact that he was in the game was so fascinating because he just wasn't very good. He had two turnovers on awful jump passes. He just wasn't he's kind of out there being Josh chicken in his head cut off, and that they won the game with Luca orchestrating, but not necessarily needing to dominate was just amazing. Um, I was as excited watching this. As I have been at anything that they've done this year, because a couple of these wins, the Spurs win was amazing, but it felt like they were sort of stealing something. And who else? Like it's the well, the, the Nets previous, win, was especially like yeah, they were stealing something. Lincoln just going nuts. I mean, they pulled yeah. away from the Grizzlies. This one felt this one felt good because their defense was there. They did a good job on DeRozan. Um, Derek Jones Jr., who I haven't even mentioned, was really, really good. Um I, I i just i had a great time watching this game hopefully you'll get to see some highlights yeah but i love that panda hank is like i'm not going to be able to do highlights after every game and so far he's done highlights after every game it's uh, <laughs> so, so um we'll we'll see there but yeah i just I, I couldn't have enjoyed myself more for a game that i was sort of dreading it felt like a trap game because zach levine started five from five from three and it was like oh jesus and yeah, the gonna bulls have those.
2: given them trouble a trouble over the last three or four years um so I can understand that. So so just ju- I'm going to jump off some stats that I'm kind of looking at in the box Ooh. score and kind of kick it to you for sure. to give me some better context. So once again, fourth quarter, they outscore the Bulls, what, 33 to 22. So they outscore them by 11. Entering this game, I looked it up, uh, they were plus 12 overall, uh, outscored teams by 12 points in the fourth quarter, which is fourth, which entering tonight was fourth best in the NBA. So like this is like a complete reversal from last season. They are dominating the fourth quarter, where last season they were just kind of like limping to the end of games and, yep. and losing these coin flip games. So, I mean, what is it about, you know, so that stood out to me. Um, Derek Jones Jr. scoring. I feel like Derek Jones Jr., there's going to be a stat where it's like every time he scores more than this, like 10 points, the Mavericks are, win like 80% of their games. Because I feel like if he gives you that, like that's like that's – like f- found money i mean i can't believe he scored what 2022 uh against the grizzlies i think and now 17 he's making his threes at an acceptable rate um he seems you know the transition game with him seems like he's doing things that's like like he's not a better player nba player than than Dorian finney smith or reggie bullock or anything like that so no don't don't construe what i'm about to say but The Mavericks just haven't had athletes, I think, on their roster like him since Luka's been on the team, and I think it just goes to show just how much Luka can get out of a guy if you just surround him with the right pieces or just good enough players. Um, That's kind of my Grant Williams take too. That's like he looked great, you know. All seven of his field goals were threes, and I'm, you know, correct me if I'm wrong. I'm sure were they all spot up spot up threes, or did he create any of himself? I'm sure they were all spot up threes, right? Yeah. Yeah. So like and it's like it just goes to show like, like wow, acquiring players that were already good before before they joined the Mavericks. Uh you wrote that like piece,
1: with, you wrote that piece last year where it's like Kyrie like Luca is is Kyrie accentuating Kyrie. So it's yeah. like, well, hey, what if we just got better players? Right. What if
2: he wasn't trying to make mediocre players good and made good players better? Like and that's I think that's what we're seeing with Grant Williams. Like the way he's shooting, he's getting the most open looks he's ever had in his entire life. And it's awesome that they acquired a high volume role player shooter. Um, that's a high percentage shooter and not like, well, he's like 33%. But when he plays with Luca, you know, we're really going to develop him and make it better. It's like, no, just get guys that are already good and let Luca make him thrive. Like that's uh, like, that's been a lot of fun to watch, even though I didn't watch tonight. Like, like Grant Williams is going to absolutely thrive as a shooter this season. It's going to be the numbers he's going to put up. Like, you know, he's going to be in the three point contest, I bet, or something like that. Cause he's going to, I mean, he's going to, he's going to get practice level looking shots. Yeah. Cause he's never played with eight, like the Celtics did not. They didn't have point guard.
1: Yeah. Like, not or only did ma- not. They were amazing, yeah. but it's, yeah. it's it's a different it's kind different. of amazing. Yeah. So,
2: so that, so yeah. So, so there's that. And then the dominance in the fourth quarter was really cool lively stat line yeah T- talk to me about lively a little bit more and his assi- The six assists like he was just so, making plays out of the short Chicago
1: role. basically was like Luca's not going to beat us we're going to send okay. a double at him at every possible opportunity like if he's not going downhill we're going to send a double um and he had there's a couple of lively assists where is essentially would you call it short roll if he's catching it in the middle of the key in addition to somebody else from the opposite bait, like who's cutting yeah. down the baseline? Yeah. yeah so like he, a he made a number of great reads in the short roll. Um, but they weren't necessarily one touch plays. It was, he got one from Luca where he had to do a wraparound pass where he basically <laughs> pumps high in the middle what? of the lane and then wraps it around the defender and dumps it in for, for Derek and uh, other Derek, maximum Derek. Uh, and and I just the, the playmaking element and sort of the visual of it all. Like he he he's looking. <sighs> Willie Colley Stein used to try to do shit that he simply wasn't capable of fucking doing, and would like. There's like it it feels like he is doing the things that the Dallas Bigs have brought in for years want to do. Only lively is actually capable of facilitating these passes because he's making the pass before. So he's re it's you know he's doing the thing that all great playmakers do where he's go he's seeing where the play is going and not just simply throwing it to the open man on some of these reads. Like there's there's a there there involved. I I'm really impressed.
2: Yeah, that's great. I mean that's I mean I think even if you had really high expectations for Lively, this is I mean this is nuts what he's doing in this type of role. And I think this really goes back to what we talked about when he was drafted. I'm going to remember this forever. As long as he's on the Mavs, like in his inner, like his first interviews, he's been, t- he just got taken, you know, with the 12th overall pick, he's a lottery pick, which, you know, a lot of those guys are, a lot of those guys taken in the lottery, you know, those are guys that were like the best players on their college team. These are like number one options, playmakers, those kind of guys. And if they're not that they're, they're guys that teams think can be that a little bit. Um, to hear him after the draft just talk about like, you know, what are you gonna? He's like, I, I need to set screens, I need to finish, I need I need to defend. You don't hear a lot of top twelve, top ten picks uh talk about like how excited they are to set screens, uh or learn how to set and screens. And he can't like, set screens. No, I know, but, but he wants to but he, he wants he's gonna to learn do it. That's yeah. amazing. like he knows his role better than any first round rookie taken at this level than I think I've seen in quite some time, because let's be honest, he does not have a glamorous job. Like yeah. this is not something bigs want to do. They, you know, I don't blame them. They want to shoot through. They want to be Joel Embiid or they want to be Nikola Jokic. Cause that's what they're watching on their TVs every night. Like for him to come in and already be like, okay, I know what I am. I'm not going to do what I can't. That's stuff that guys usually don't learn until like their second NBA contract.
1: And, he's, well, and, I, and I'm going he it through now. like, you look at these, you look at these guys and I'm sorry, we're just going to do this right now. Of the people that have that have, were drafted in this first round right now, you know, women Yama suffering from the fact that they don't have a point guard, but he still is yeah. doing some pretty incredible stuff. But even still, it, it, I'm I, I I am more impressed by what Lively has done than what women Yama has done. Then I go through and kind of look at other guys. The Thompson twins, Asar Thompson might be the best rookie right now. Um, it's early, four four or five games. Not really thinking about that. But I Azar mean, Wimby still.
2: I mean, Wimby still averaging sixteen and like eight. Like,
1: <laughs> like yeah, still, but it's, still it's short just, change there. It, yeah, I, yeah, I just, mm, I don't know. I I really feel. With what, and, and granted, completely different situation, the completely different quality of players, but it just, yeah. it's just an expectations thing. It's like Asara Thompson and Derek Lively are kind of really leading the way in a way when I'm going through the rest of this, and I just find myself shocked at. And granted, that'll change over the course of the year, but I wrote this in the recap. My mental hope for Lively was in the back 40 games when the Mavericks had hopefully gotten done playing 500 basketball, he would have earned enough trust from Jason Kidd to be put into the game regularly to play 20 to 25 minutes. Instead, we're at game four and he is the definitive starter and they need him. He bounced back from an awful foul trouble game of their night to play this kind of performance. And I am mm. just, I'm really, I'm really excited. It's, it's fun to, to wonder what the guy's going to do next because even if he continues to basically offensive rebound and do put back dunks and the occasional, you know, nice read in the short roll or swing in and setting screens, that's all this team needed. He's so much bigger and like than than um than Dwight Powell because that was kind of readily apparent. I I friend of the show, Kenny, oh, loves to to uh has loved to needle me for years about Drummond. And Drummond just big boy, Dwight Powell so badly in this game. Now Powell is you know, finished with five points on uh, hitting all five of his free throws, but it's just size. Size matters, it, and skilled size is is yes. almost impossible. And it's just he's so much bigger than the next Dallas Mavericks big. And you know, we did. I don't think you knew this, but you know, uh, Maxi Kleber left the game after, after yeah. he hurt his foot and was pissed. Like he never came back. I don't think. I don't even know if we saw him on the bench. That and, poor
2: guy and his lower body injuries. I mean, he's he's just, just yeah. yeah.
1: That's, that's As your body starts to break down, Dirk Nowitzki gave us a, a unrealistic expectation on what German the lifespan of a German big, um, and and I, but this this core group like Powell played fine, like Powell played ten minutes, lively played thirty one, like that's what happened tonight, like they, and they've not even needed to go super small, and they're you know we've, we're twenty five minutes in the show, I'm not <laughs> shilled I'm not shilled at all. Uh, but I want to give another stat when when we when we come right back. Um, I'm going to take a break here for a second because I'm going to ask you guys to go like the stream. Liking the stream helps Josh and I. It's important. Uh, you know we've been getting a few more people in here every game. I think that's because the Mavericks are generating a little more interest. I'm surprised there's this many folks in here with the Rangers winning tonight. But I'm I'm really pleased that you were you guys were able to join us. While you're liking the stream, if you would. Hit that subscribe button. That is additionally very important to Josh and I. We have a kind of arbitrary goal that I picked for our stream that I would like to get at the 5,000 subscribers by the end of the year. We started in April. Terrible time to start, but we're already close to <laughs> 2,000, so maybe we can do it. I'd really appreciate that. And while we're here, if anybody would like to uh, sponsor the video portion of our show, we can do that. Um, all right, that's all the shilling I'm going to do tonight. I'm tired. Here's the other cool stat, Josh. Guess who's the number one team in the Western Conference in the NBA?
2: I believe that would be your Dallas Mavericks.
1: Dallas Mavericks, who are one of two teams that are still undefeated, after the Boston Celtics throttled the Pacers 155 to like 12 or whatever the heck the score was. But when did the Nuggets lose? Uh, they lost tonight. They played one of them, oh. and that doesn't bode well for the Mavericks come Friday. Because <laughs> I'll uh, be pissed lost, off. <laughs> they lost to the Nug- They lost to the Wolves and only scored 89 points. Oh my god! <laughs> so, yeah, it was uh, Jamal Murray had a bad game, and things just went from bad to worse. And that, that's that's so they, they got, got their
2: bad game out of the way before for, <laughs> before Friday.
1: well I'm trying to think what else from this game that was particularly uh uh of interest you know there the, a lot of guys played at least some minutes it felt like kid reached down into his bench a little bit more um with Kyrie Irving out though they're reaching and i'm I'm really hopefully he plays friday i I just have a feeling that they're targeting Friday for his return yeah because uh, they knew they
2: could get this game tonight if they could
1: steal him. these that's just all for the better and last year when they tried to steal anything they couldn't um <laughs> no. But the the Luka 40 minutes was problematic. Yeah. Uh everybody else has a pretty good man total though if you're going through this.
2: Yeah, and I mean the Luka thing is just I mean without Kyrie, I mean I know, you know, we talk about Josh Green being a better playmaker and and, and you know, he kid doesn't really seem to be wanting to give Seth a, a big role or or Dante Exum a big role. So if those guys aren't playing a lot and Kyrie's out, I mean, he's your point. He's the only, you know, yeah. he's the only point guard. So he probably even in a, during a bad game, he just he kind of kind of has to play because you can't. When Josh is having a game like he had tonight, you know, you can't trust. I don't think you can trust him to to run offense uh, without Luca on the floor. And and Jaden is more of a scorer. I'm curious if if the Exum Seth how those Exum Seth minutes go as we keep going down the season because Seth has not played as much as I I thought he would. Yep. But Tim has been kind of doing what he needs to do. And if he's doing that, that means there's less of a need for Seth to play a lot, I guess.
1: Well, and now we're kind of getting to the point that we get to every year of how integral is Tim to this team? Um, I would argue pretty pretty damn important to this point. And mm-hmm. I know that probably maddened some fans who just want to be rid, like freed of the experience. But I just... I don't see – like, they're not replacing Tim's production with Seth unless Seth is going to come in. Like, Seth Curry is a shooter, but I wouldn't classify him as a a out-and-out gunner. He's a smart basketball player. He's not going to get
2: up as many shots as Tim does, which I know pisses people off, but it's – It's a value. Yeah.
1: It's a value. It's hard to describe. And you want – like, Tim's irrational confidence drives everybody nuts, but it brings a certain element to this offense that I think you need.
2: It's a weapon that has to be respected uh, when defenses play. And I mean, look, the Bulls made 11 threes, the Mavericks made 20, and, yeah. um, and Tim makes seven of those 20. Like, it's just the reason the Mavericks beat teams is because they usually have significantly superior uh, three point shooting, and Tim is the best high volume shooter on the roster. So you take that away. I mean, he's, he's absolutely part of the fuel that fires this thing. So So if you want to trade him, you know, I'm not against it, but they just have to make sure that they have a contingency in place, whether it's something they get back in the trade, whether they think, you know, Seth and Jaden can do a little, you know, they they have to be confident that they can replicate his production if they ever move him, because like it or not, like you said, he's, he's a part of the engine. Like he, he helps makes this thing go as well as it does. Cause when you have Luca, he's one of the best if not the best three-point shot creator in the league. You need guys that are going to want to shoot a lot and,
3: mm-hmm.
2: and can make them and that's Tim whether you like it or not. And so mm-hmm. that's just kind of
1: how it is. Yeah. Well, now we've we've kind of so the Mavericks started 4 and 0 for the fourth time in franchise history. Uh really pretty amazing. Um some a softer point in the schedule hurts, but frankly just winning mm-hmm. games that that
2: they yeah, it's were four- these games last year. Yeah,
1: <laughs> last and it's their fourth straight clutch game. Did you realize that the last game was a clutch game because it was uh, under 5 it was 5 <laughs> points at the 4:57 mark. Yeah, they um, the
2: Grizzlies went on a run at like the perfect time just mm-hmm. to make it
1: qualify, which is pretty right. funny. Pretty amazing. Uh but yeah. so fourth straight clutch victory. Uh it's the schedule gets a little bit more ridiculous from here. Um uh, we've talked about it months, but it's worth talking about again. There's this Late night, Friday night, ESPN game, Ugh, 9 p.m. start time. But at least it's on Friday. Um, then Charlotte, which has been feisty. Orlando, who looks like a playoff team. I don't know if you have seen – have you seen Orlando play?
2: I haven't seen them play, but I've been, like, following their box scores, and they they mean business this year for I'm sure. I'm
1: concerned. They <laughs> they might big boy the Mavericks in a certain way because they, they just have a lot of length. Um, then the Clippers look out of their minds. Zion played his worst game tonight of the year. They play those, the, the, the um, Pelicans and been a back-to-back series there in new Orleans, which Luka Doncic being in new Orleans to his own devices for like four days. That sounds terrible. Um, starting out and 0 they've given themselves a little bit of padding. They've got a pretty, you know, it's, I w I wouldn't call it tough in so much as challenging. Like there's some spots where it's like, where things can spiral, but you know, you mentioned this a little bit earlier about Grant Williams and the, the broadcast keeps mentioning it. And I think we have to acknowledge it. Grant Williams playing a vocal leader role in a way that is helpful to this team. Um, when he came to the Mavericks, I was more than concerned because he and this is not just stuff I'm hearing, like quietly, like Bill Simmons and Ryan Russillo talked about this on the Ringer podcasts that Grant Williams was actively annoying to his teammates. Like that's the thing they talked about. Now with some hindsight, I think I can say that if that's the case, it was because he's like the eighth man and they had kind of a weird situation with a rookie coach, Marcus Smart, you know, and there was some, some clashing elements to that team, but where Grant Williams sits in the pecking order, which is essentially third behind Luca and Kyrie I think that allows him to be that that inspirational leader guy that that basically says, "Guys, get your shit together," and I think they the Mavericks have needed that. They've needed that since JJ Barea left the team.
2: Yeah, because Luca is not necessarily. I don't know if he's that guy.
1: Maybe he will when he's Maybe. older, but he's yeah, not yeah. yet, he, and that's fine.
2: He might, right.
1: He he's more he.
2: I mean, I know we don't like. I know it's not fair to compare Dirk and Luca because they're just, they're different, they're different players or different people, but this is something I feel like they have in common where, you know, they're both leaders, but they're not necessarily like rah-rah guys. They're more like, Hey, let's get our shit together and, and and get to work necessarily, you know, like they're kind of like a lead, lead by example kind of guys maybe. And you need someone that can, that can speak up a little bit in the locker room for sure. So Hey, as long as it's working, you know it might oh, be yeah. one of those things. The only thing I'm worried about is—is is it, is it how effective is it? Because they're going to lose. They're going to go on a losing streak. They're gonna. There's going to be a stretch where they lose three out of four, or two straight, three straight, four straight, whatever. Every team goes through this, even the good ones. That's when it gets tested. Like you know how. That's when you kind of know what kind of locker room I think you ha- you really have. So it's all fun when you're winnings but we'll we'll see what happens when they they hit their first rough patch. But I you know. I think with the way this team is, is, is gelling together, I think they'll be able to handle that a lot better than last season. That's for sure. Hope so,
1: man. Hope yeah. so. All right. We're at a little over 30 minutes. Sorry if you guys hear honking in the background. My small dog somehow has caught kennel cough for the second time. Oh, I'm so months. sorry.
2: That's outrageous.
1: <laughs> well, if she's all right. Like, she yeah. doesn't, like, you know, she's going to live. It's not like, it's, it's just a horrible noise. Sounds like a goose when she coughs. It's ridiculous. <laughs> um, and we've not been sleeping because she's just keeping us up. Um, and I'll be back in the live show here probably about 15 minutes. Hopefully, maybe keep this one a little bit shorter because I'm waxed. But you know, if you guys want to yeah. come talk, once you exit out of this show, click the notify me button on the other thing that's posted live. It says Mavs party. We've had four in a row. Nice time. Didn't have many four in a rows. Uh, certainly didn't have any after December first or after January first <laughs> last year. Yeah. So we're gonna maybe hang out, talk a little ball. People can get their takes off, and then we'll uh, we'll go to bed. And then we'll see what Friday brings against the Denver Nuggets. You got anything else? Uh, I think that's it. Let's get out of here. All right, guys. This has been Kirk Henderson and Josh Bo. Thanks so much for hanging out. Everybody go uh enjoy the Rangers World Series uh victory, and we will talk to you later. Have a great rest of your week. Go, Mavs.